Crunch Time. Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch Time. Crunch Time. I know you guys forgot that Crunch Time was on on Thursday nights, but we are back. We are here. <laughs> we only missed one day. Well, then they had a Thursday night football game oh, that's right. and that. some other things oh, and basketball All games. Right. It was only basketball. That's it wasn't right. Thursday night. That's right. There's one coming up. Right. It's on the schedule. Tonight now they're going to go and we're going to do, right after we're done, we got Sporting KC start the pregame and then more of Sporting KC and then Sporting KC plays at about it's going to be about 8.45, almost close to 9 o'clock by the time they, uh, they good luck. off. Good luck to the guys oh, yeah. up there. Good, good luck to those guys. Man, also. that'd be yeah. great. That'd be, be awesome. great to win. Now, they have to win. Yeah, they, they got to win. They No, well, they can tie. I think they can tie. Uh, no, you're right. They can't They t- have to win. You're I'm, absolutely I am, right. an, I am an expert on soccer. I'm sorry. I forgot. Okay. I, I forgot I've, I've learned are. from Nate. You are into it. Yeah. Hey, but I know there's a lot of people out there listening because if you were in the traffic <laughs> that I was in trying to get here, you're still stuck there. <laughs> So sit back, relax, relax. enjoy no our road show. Rage. We got a great show lined up for you. We're going to talk a little, little bit here about the, the bye week and some of the, the positives of the bye week. And then we're bringing Charlie Weiss on Ooh. to talk about all kinds of buddy. interesting things. There are some interesting things. I don't even know where to start with Charlie. <laughs> I don't even know where You're to start. You're ready for start. him though, aren't you? I am ready. You're I am ready. ready. I know one thing. I, I am not bringing up Notre Dame. If you want to bring it up, you could bring it up. I am not bringing it up. Why won't you bring up Notre Dame? Oh, he's got such a you know what for Notre Dame. Oh, does he? And it, you know is what? He ticked off. Yeah. Well, okay. you know. The, well, that's and good. The, I like and, that. Well, the main thing is, is, you know, I went to school there and I was a coach there, and they yeah, don't want me around. I'm like, Charlie, they were paying you for like 15 years, yeah, millions right. yeah, of dollars. Yeah. Although I would like to see Notre Dame reach out and say, you know, you did go to school here, you were a coach here, because all yeah. the other head coaches are all kind of welcome back. And, yeah, sure. And they're put up into those sky boxes <laughs> and they're given the. <laughs> The Charlie's bench. left a couple Charlie. jobs, <laughs> threw a couple grenades behind him on the bridges, okay? Yeah. He then, threw a couple grenades behind So we'll him. talk, I, I want to ask him about Les Miles. Yeah, right? right. In fact, I think he wants to talk about Les Miles. I, I think yeah. he does, too. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to ask him about KU, too, and he said time can to you win at KU? back on it and what would he he would have done differently or whatever. Yeah. And we'll see that. And uh, talk about Les Miles and all that sort of thing. And we'll talk about Notre Dame and, you know. Yeah. We're, no, we're, we're, no, we won't. I just told you we're going to talk about Notre Dame. You, well, I, well, not with Charlie. Are you? Are you? You can bring it up with Charlie. That's fine. I'm just going to bring up I the will fact step outside. Their, they could be the college football playoffs. Well, why would you leave the room? Well, because I just don't want to listen to it. <laughs> I've been listening to it for for years. I just don't want to listen to it. Maybe out in Kansas this, City, you want to listen to this it. Gonna so why more, not? This is going to be more fun. Right? Ask him about Notre Dame. It's going to be more fun than you can imagine. Uh, right it's going to be a blast. So I want to talk to him really about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, sure. And kind of the comparison of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes as young players. Because he was Tom Brady's offense coordinator. He absolutely was. And and his quarterback coach at the the same time. Yeah, New England. uh, I'll never forget, I called Charlie when he first got the Notre Dame job and asked him for a job at Notre Dame. And he said, yeah, you know what, give me a call. And I called him, and he was right in the middle of a quarterback meeting. And he answered the phone. I was like, you know, he's like, you know, you call him right in the middle of a quarterback meeting. I said, well, no, coach, I didn't. I didn't know that. And you shouldn't answer the phone then. He goes, you know, I'm pretty busy right now. But I'm like, well, don't answer the phone. But uh, he's like, you know, I'm here with Tom Brady. So at that point, I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's in the room somewhere. I'm talking to somebody with Tom Brady in the room. It's pretty good. So we'll talk. And also his son, Charlie Jr., who I also worked with at Kansas, who is a very, very bright kid. He is an 
awesome kid, and he's the youngest offensive coordinator in uh, Division One football at 25 years old. Just turned 25. He was actually hired at 24 at Florida Atlantic University, and he's working for Lane Kiffin. I always yeah. want to say Monty Kiffin because I, yeah. Monty Kiffin dead. was the dad. Yeah. But play against Lane Kiffin, who obviously was at Tennessee, USC. Sure. Uh, was the uh, offensive coordinator at Alabama. He's a little quirky. He is quirky. He's I mean, quirky. And now he's at Florida Atlantic. <laughs> I and, I mean, i got to ask, I mean, you know, how, how does that work? Yeah, right. I mean, you're at Tennessee, you're at USC, you're at Alabama, and he's, now you're at There's another guy who burned some bridges. But he's Lane in Kiffin. Boca. That's not a bad place No, that's not a bad place. So we'll talk to him a little good. bit about that. But uh, I do want to talk to you guys a little bit about the bye week. If you were listening – to Seren's show on Tuesday, I kind of went through this, but uh, if you didn't have a chance to hear it, just want to touch base a little bit. I, I think this bye week couldn't have come at a better time, Frank. And and the main reason is, listen, you know, every team is going to go and self-scout on the offensive, defensive, special teams. When you say self-scout, you know, the coaches stay back and they'll look and they'll break down their team. They will actually put together a game plan against their team. So the offensive staff will watch the defense, the defensive staff will watch the offense, and they will put a game plan together, and they'll kind of compare, hey, this is what we do against you. These are the, the the holes we see. These are the weaknesses we see. And the coaches will talk about it. They'll go through it. It's kind of a cool deal. You know, I think most teams do that even in college where you'll, you know, you'll kind of break down the other half of the team. Sure. So it's, it's, it really is a positive for especially this time of the year. You're in week 11, and, uh, you know, you got, heck, about a, a quarter and a half of the season left. It's a really good time to break down and kind of self-scout um, and take a, yeah. take, take a peek at what you're doing well, what you're not doing well, what your tendencies are. Every team has tendencies. You just don't know it. You just don't know. But every team has tendencies, and, and every team likes to do the same thing at the same time in the same situation. And sometimes you forget that you're doing that, and other teams have seen it. And it's a good thing to break down. The other thing, it's a great time for – Guys get healthy, obviously, Eric Berry, who we're hoping is going to get some time in this week. He pro- Yeah, he'll, he'll get some time practice. He's limited today in practice. I do not anticipate him playing. They don't need him to play against the uh, the Oakland Raiders. So, they don't need him. Will he be dressed? Uh, I don't know if he will be or not. You know what? I don't. If they don't need him, I don't think so because I think they'll want to take their full complement of guys. But he'll be on the sideline. He really has been coaching. He said ever since he's been injured, he's been coaching – they're, they got him in meetings coaching, and he's, you know, it's, it's really helped him stay in the game. But, you know, just, I mean, just as a guy that I've, I was lucky enough not to miss too many games, oh, but yeah. you can't really talk too much from the tub. No. You really can't. And, and you know, Eric Berry is very, very well respected. He's a smart guy, and I'm sure that you guys respect him. But when you're kind of hurt and you're not right. out there, you're. I think, and I think mm, in some I mean. guys' cases, they avoid the team. They go in, they get their treatment, they get out of there because they know they're not part of it. I think Eric Berry was the, the exact opposite. I think he went no. in there, got his treatment, stayed, was at practice, helping the young guys do whatever they've got to do and helping coach the d- defensive back. But to my point, I, I think he's going to have a bigger splash, not only playing, but leading now that he has the equipment back on. Oh, yeah, sure. So, I mean, that I, he yeah, he's a leader and everything else. But when you're out there and you got the helmet on and you got the chin strap strapped up, you know what, you're the leader. You're the guy. And that's what he is. He's got to be the quarterback of that defense. And he was when he was healthy. You know, he hasn't played uh, since opening day of last year. I know. That was it. Isn't that crazy? That it, it's nuts. It's absolutely insane. It's almost two full seasons. Yeah. And, I mean, it's crazy. And it's almost like the Chiefs just signed a five-star, yeah, I know. A, a new big-time free agent. Yeah. Doesn't it feel that way? Yeah, it does, And uh, you know, for, for the stretch run. Perfect timing for him. Uh Get some time into practice, knock some of the rust off this week. 
Then uh, next week they got the Ravens, maybe because they're playing the Ravens at home. Get them some plays. Okay. Big game then will be four days later when they play the Chargers. Yeah. Then they'll have 10 days off. And then they're going to have to play the Seattle Seahawks at that point. So those yeah. two games are that stretch there. Get some rust knocked off during Baltimore. Then get in there against the Chargers. You know, maybe play half the defensive snaps or I don't know how many exactly. But And then you get 10 days off, really see how you feel, how the heel is, whatever. Then you're going to go up against Seattle Seahawks. And then as you look forward to where you're going to go from there, as far as the players are concerned, and if you're number one seed, if you are, you get another week off. So there's a lot of time in there where he won't have to really stress that body out. Well, I like your plan. I think your plan is good. I don't think he should play this week. I I want him to play this week because I want him out there, you know, as a player, as a guy that, you know, he's the leader. He's the guy. I want him out there, but you're probably right. It's probably not a good time to play him, especially on that field. It's a crap-ass field. Especially if it's wet. It's always wet. Terrible, terrible. It's always wet. Well, the water table it, is like it, a foot below it, it, the surface it is. of people, that field. People yeah. don't realize. I was, I was talking about that with Seren. They're in a drought there, and you'd slip and slide. I oh, promise yeah. you. It's below sea level. You know, Art Shell, who is our offensive line coach, said, you got to go get the biggest spikes you got and put them in there because yeah. you're going to be slipping and sliding. And then Because it's wet all the time. You're exactly right. It's like something with the water table, and it's, it yeah, sits right. in a well, it uh, sits right on the. It sits at zero sea level. It's right at sea level. Yeah. So, and any time you get rain, where there's nowhere for the water to go. Well, not so, even. I, I, I'm, I'm, Frank, still, I swear, we we went out there. It was like five or six weeks of no rain, and it was still wet. Yeah. So I don't know it's what's wrong swamp. with that field. It's a swampy deal. But you're right. It's probably good. And then you know, knock the rust off against the Ravens. And I think that that Charger game is gonna be a big game. Chargers are playing really well. They're right playing now. really well. Philip Rose is playing really well right now. Yeah, and yeah. Gordon's playing well, and their defense. Well, Gordon's. Play- yeah, Gordon's hurt. He's, he's a little banged up. He's we'll knee. See. He's got we'll a knee. We'll see if he'll be back right. for that game. We'll see what happens. And but if he can all play at all, at least you got to put him out there as a threat, because you know that game is huge for them. And huge. Joey Bosa is back. Yeah, he's playing. That yeah. defense is. We talked about it the first game of the year. I mean, they were probably the best front seven, and yeah. they were they were missing some guys, and so they're good. So it'd be good to have him back. But I want to kind of get want to kind of get to the Patrick Mahomes angle of this bye week and and. You know, I've talked about this many times before, even going back to the original crunch time when you and I and Billy used to do the show together. We've always talked about kind of after bye week that, um, especially the bye week is late, how good it was for the young guys. Yeah. Because there is a thing called the rookie wall, and it is a real deal. It is a real thing. People are, if I'm telling you, mentally and physically, your body and the clock in your head and all the things that you're used to as a young player equals about 11, 12, or 13 games at the most. Okay, so you say, well, Grunny, they've only played 11 games, so he should be fine. Well, you know, when you play those four preseason games, you forget about that. Even if you only play half, you're out there, you're getting ready, you're doing all these different things. And whether you're a rookie or a first year guy or a guy who hasn't played very much and all of a sudden you're playing now 11 games in a row or 12 games in a row and you're out there starting mentally and physically get worn out the very first time you do it. And. Um, you know, it, with that, you, you just you, you lose you lose a little bit of concentration. You get tired mentally. You get beat up physically, and it's a great time to. And I, my my kids were they, they compared it, it was like slurp juice for my all those Fortnite people out there. I'm afraid. It's like I'm you know when you ask. go and you find the slurp <laughs> juice. It's in this green thing that you drink I, the slurp I juice and you go no sit idea. by the campfire. Does that make any sense to you? Not this to me. Fortnite stuff for no. all you Fortnite people out there. Beards, I know you're a Fortnite guy. Beards no? gotta know. You go sit by the campfire and you get this energy, and your energy I, level is 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 put up. I don't have the slightest idea. I know. Well, you gotta look about. it up. 
You got to look it up. But all the people out there, the older, if you're over 30 right now, you're saying, what the hell are you talking about, Grunny? If you're under 30, you're like, man, he's right on. Because you go and you sit and your energy level piles up. And that's what this bye week did for Patrick Mahomes. His energy level, his reset button, all the things that, that he needed. It was a perfect time for him to step back, go to a Texas Tech basketball game, yeah. hang out with his buddies, go home for Thanksgiving. You couldn't have found a better time, Frank, for, for him to to have this bye week. Yeah, right. And, and I think and I think the other big deal is, too, um, it gives him time now for, you know, he and Andy to sit down a little bit and go back over what he's done, you know, for the season. Because you're going, as you know, week to week, you're playing football without a break. You don't have a whole lot of time. You can go over your mistakes at practice, but you don't have a whole lot of time to do it. And now you're, you're coming off a game where you had five turnovers, three of them turned into 21 points. You end up losing the game by three. Uh, it, you could see so many opportunities you could have won that game. They probably see a lot of opportunities where they could have beaten New England too, and they didn't do it, and just the things they're doing. I think the biggest thing in the self-scout thing for me with this, is penalties. Penalties are just killing this team. I mean, they're, they're the worst team in the league with penalties. It's just it's killing them. Yeah. And I, and I know they're 9-2. I understand they're 9-2. And, and we mean killing them. They're doing, if they can eliminate penalties, good God. Especially I mean, on the defensive it's side. Just, it's crazy what they're doing with those penalties. I mean, that game in the Rams game in the first quarter, I'm just going, it's going to take eight hours to play this football game. It was game. every other play, Frank. It was nuts. Now, whether offense or defense, you had guys jumping off sides, you right. had holding, you had pass interference, you had uh, defensive holding. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think. And, and, and you know as well as I do, this goes back to the old Oakland Raiders day when Marty used to tell you guys, don't worry about it, play them tight. They'll do something stupid in the fourth quarter penalties. They'll, they'll kill themselves with penalties. Don't worry about it. And every time. Oakland Raiders would kill themselves with a penalty. And the referees are very attuned to the fact the two teams we have out here tonight, one of them has more penalties than any other team in the NFL. And right now that's so who. let's keep an eye on that team. Right now that's who? That's the Chiefs. That's right. That's it. It is the Chiefs. Yeah. And and I do think that they watch the defensive backs a lot more. You know, I, I was watching a lot of games, especially over Thanksgiving. You know, you have the, you have the three games on. And, you know, when the Chiefs had a sure. bye week, you're watching other games. There's a lot of things I've seen – from their defensive backs, from the team's defensive backs that aren't being called that the Chiefs are being right. called for. And I, I'm not trying to be a homer here. It's just reality. And I think you hit it on the head. I think they're watching. Yeah, and sure. Yeah. And they're like, you know, there's each team, each team and each each referee that's doing the game will get a breakdown of all the different penalties oh, sure that they they've had. And they'll give those penalties to to the guys will say, okay, well, you know, gosh, they had, uh, you know, six or seven pass interferences and, and holdings. Right. We better keep our eye on that. Yeah, and here's the deal, too. That's why Tyreek Hill got called for a penalty for taunting. When he turned and flipped the, the V sign on right at the defensive back, that is taunting. Hey. Now, he's done it before and has not gotten called. But when you turn in a game like that and are throwing so many penalty flags, coaches call your arms and say, hey, look, guys, don't do anything – don't jump in the stands this time, you know, Tyreek. Don't Especially do this, whatever. TV. And he did get called for that one anyway. But the deal is, he turned around and threw his V right in the defensive back's face. And, there, and I, as soon as he did, I went, oh, he's going to get called. And there goes the penalty flag. Well, I, on a side note, we sidebar here a little bit. What do you think about the new rule from the Big 12 that's saying if you put the horns down? Yeah, I know. I saw that for the Oklahoma so, Texas game. So, in, in, with, with that <laughs> in mind. As long as you don't do it at somebody, it's not a penalty. With that in mind, what if they put the horns up? What well, if what if Texas, Oklahoma's not going to put no, the horns no, no. up? What if, if Texas puts the horns up? You can't do it. You can't taunt a guy. You can't throw it right in front of an Oklahoma so player's one. face. Either one. Yeah. As okay. long as you don't throw it in somebody's face, you're good. Well, then you're, what you're fun is go. it? Well, you're not I mean, supposed to taunt I mean, what are you going to do? It? What are you going to do? By just, yourself? It's you no know, fun, but it's a rule. 
It's no fun, uh, but it's a rule. You know what? They're taking the fun out of it. Let the guys, you know, that's part of football. I'm not arguing your point, okay? I'm <laughs> on your right. side. We need to take a break. I'm on your side. Okay. Uh, let's take a break here, guys. We're going to try and get a hold of Charlie Weiss. Hang in there. If you're in traffic, relax, sit back, enjoy crunch time. We're going to have a lot of fun with you guys. We'll have Charlie Weiss on here in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Crunch Time. The most powerful sports station in America has a home in Kansas City. This is Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, welcome back to Crunch Time. Frank Bull and Tim Grunhardt in studio. Joining us now, Charlie Weiss, the former head football coach at Notre Dame, former head football coach, University of Kansas, NFL offense coordinator for the Jets, the Patriots, and the Kansas City Chiefs, now working some radio in Boston at WEEI Radio. Coach, welcome. 
Uh, how are we doing there, fellas? Doing great, Coach. You know, I, I've been following Mora on Facebook, and my dad told me a long, long time ago, <laughs> don't have anything to eat while you sleep. You have those horses and those dogs and all that stuff. Man, how, how do you keep that stuff straight? Yeah, you pay a lot of money, Tim. That's how you. Uh, that's how you do it. I mean, it's 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 an expensive lifestyle when you have horses. I promise you. You know, it just. But that's the way it is. It's my my wife's. Uh, besides people with special needs, it's my wife's passion. So that's just the way it goes. I know it. You know what? You got to keep them happy, as we both know. Keep those wives happy, and you'll be happy too. Hey, Coach, thanks so much for coming out. A bunch of people were really looking forward to having you on today. I, uh, John Holmes and some other guys were saying, hey, can't wait to hear from Coach. And hope all is well with you. But let's, let's, let's start. I got so many things I want to talk to you about. But the first thing, let's, let's talk a little bit about this, this Les Miles being hired at KU. Uh, what do you think of the hire? Uh, any advice for, for Les as he goes into Lawrence and, and tries to put this well, thing I mean, back on? Well, I mean, well, look, Les is a really, really good coach. And I think that when you're, when you're going into Kansas, you have to understand that this is, this is a long-term project, not a short-term project. You know, I think that everyone that goes in, you know, you know the, the ex-head, ex-head coaches always get hammered for everything that went wrong, you know, by, by, the, by the people outside the building. But inside the building – you never blame the past head coach for, you know, for what happened, and you and you deal with where we are. And I think that as long as the AD, the new AD and the new head coach have an understanding that this is going to take some time, because, you know, I think that, and you know, you were there when we first when we first went there. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to sit there and give you a hundred reasons and make a bunch of excuses, but at the end of the day, what you really need to do is you take one actually you take one step backwards before you take step, a step forward and by that i mean he needs to understand that he's got to get, get the people around that buy into what he's doing and if they don't they have to leave and and once he's got that foundation of those people then you just got to grow it and grow it and realize it just you know it just doesn't happen overnight it takes some time so he's a veteran coach with a great reputation and I think just as long as everyone understands that this is a long-term project, not a short-term project, he'll be just he'll he'll be just fine. Coach, one of one of the things that that I noticed when you first sat in that chair over at in Lawrence at, at KU is you had to make some tough decisions on some kids and some guys and everything else. How is that, how, talk to us a little bit about that whole process that you know you go in and you kind of well, touched on a little bit that you, you got to get the right people around you but that's not an easy decision sometimes to call, call a kid and say hey no, listen and, and tim because you were a part of it you, yeah. you know how many times that people will why did they do that or why did they do that or why do they do that you know i think you, you need to understand that if you really care if you're if you're a head coach that really cares then you're not worrying about Am I going to win, you know, eight games next year? What you're worrying about is is setting the foundation of doing things the right way. So it means that if kids are testing positive for drugs, they got to go. It means if kids aren't going to class, they got to go. It means if kids are getting in trouble in town because they won't follow societal rules, they got to go. I mean, you know, because 
how how are you going to how are you how are you going to grow a program where you actually care about the players both on and off the field if you don't have the conviction that you're trying to make them a better a better person and making them a better person and getting them to graduate are the are the are two of the three biggest ingredients of being a, a coach in college you know get getting them getting them in education make them a better better person make them a, 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 a having them leave there a, a young man and then growing as a football player in the process. And I think that in some places it's easier to do than others. Like, I know your son's playing at Notre Dame. You know, I coached at Notre Dame. Even there, when you went in there, there was issues, but the issues weren't exactly the same. But one of the things, even when I walked into there, the grade point average was way lower than what it should have been because, you know, they were worrying more about winning football games than they were at – and then they were just about, you know, doing things the right way. And, you know, once once you buy into the program, and kids all, instead of getting C's in every class, they're getting B's in every class, you're setting them up for success in life. And it's a big part of being a college football coach. Coach, you were the head coach, obviously, at two ends of the spectrum here. One was at Notre Dame, which has its own swag. And you walk in, you have your Notre Dame you know, insignia on, on your sweater, and you can virtually get into any house in America. It's not that you can recruit any kid in America to Notre Dame because of academics. But then you go to the other end of the spectrum, the University of Kansas, known as a basketball school, hasn't really had much success ever in their football program. How? What was the difference, or if there was a different approach at Kansas, how, how do you – how do you make that different approach when you when, when you start to take over a program like that? Notre Dame's one thing, well, Kansas is totally different. Well, no, different. It, re- it really isn't if you think about it. Because when you when you get a job at a place, it's not because they were doing well. <laughs> they get a job because they weren't doing well. So even when I wanted to Notre Dame, you know they were a five hundred team or five and seven team or six and six team. You know that's what they had been the last few years. You know, so it really isn't that different. I mean, I think that where a lot of people talk about what are you selling in recruiting, I don't think that you sell in recruiting. I think you represent what the school stands for and what it means to go to the school. It's a little easier at a place like Notre Dame because it has national firepower, you know, and national draw where Kansas doesn't have a national draw. But, but the representation is no different. You still represent the same way. You represent what you stand for and the school and the academic support. I mean, Tim could sit there and tell you about the academic support at Kansas. Oh, it's great. I mean, I put the academic support at Kansas right with the well, academic you, you support were the Notre acad- Dame as far as the people that were in place off the field to help these young men grow. So some of the things are identical. Some are different, but some of them are identical. Yeah, but a lot of people don't know, Coach, that you were basically in charge of academics. We had to sit there every every uh, week and go through each one of our players and, and what, what they did on their tests, what their GPA was, did they do their homework. Uh, you know, that's, that wasn't easy for you to get all that done. And I remember you meeting for hours with, with the academic people, and I thought that was unbelievable that you would do that. And so, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's one of the things at KU that you did that was unbelievable is getting those kids right academically, and, and I, I give you all the credit in the world for that. But, last... but you know you know how it is, Tim. You, yeah. you leave Kansas, I'm there two, two years and four games. Yeah. So you leave, you know, you're two and two in your third year, and just when you're starting to think you're making some progress, you're not well, there is, is that why is that? And, for, and, 
Is that why Kansas? And for is, whatever reason, it really doesn't make a difference. You no. know, it really doesn't make a difference no. what the reason is. Mm-hmm. They decide to move forward, go in another direction, and you leave, and you don't, you know, you don't badmouth anyone. You walk out the door. You know, the thing that does bother you, you know, I've been gone for it seems like twenty years, <laughs> and every time they lose a game, it's my fault. <laughs> with with <laughs> and, and, with, with a little I bit of a parenthesis really with my comical. name in there too. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know that. Uh, hey, uh, so, Coach, real quick before we get on to uh, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, i got to ask you about Patrick. Can it's you win at Kansas? subjects, but go ahead. I know, I know. Can you win? Can you win at Kansas? And, it, and if, if so, is it, the, is it the formula of giving the guy a chance, keeping him there for five or six years, and let him put the program in? Okay, well, I'm going to give you the reason why I took the Kansas job, Tim. Bill Snyder. Yeah. That's the reason why I took the Kansas job. Because I felt that Bill Snyder could win at Kansas State. Then why can't you win at Kansas? Now, I think Bill Snyder's a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach. Okay, but he went into Manhattan, okay, in Manhattan, Kansas, and built a winning program there. Now, you're, you're May. You're an offensive coordinator in Florida. You know, your family's content. You're living, you're living down in a horse country. Everyone, my wife's happy. My son's happy. Everyone's happy. And Kansas comes along and offers you a head job. And, you know, hey, when I first got told my wife Kansas was in there and interested, she goes, the Chiefs? And yeah. I said, no, Kansas. She goes, isn't that a basketball school? Same thing you're saying. <laughs> but you, you look at it and you say, okay, Missouri's winning. Kansas State's winning. Well, they're recruiting the same people, right, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. It's the same base. So if Missouri can win and Kansas State can win, then there's no reason why Kansas can't win. Just realize it's going to take some time, okay, to build up numbers. You figure you're going to get maybe 10, pl- 10 legitimate players a year. So if you're going to get uh, you're going to get 25 players, but 10 legit, you know, 10 that everyone else is, is recruiting to. So at the end of five years, that gives you 50 guys on your roster that you know that that can play with anyone. Now all of a sudden, you know you're on you're you're on a on a pace where at the end of five years you should have an if you at, at that time if you don't have the program in the right direction and you shouldn't be there anymore anyway. All right, coach. I know you uh, have heard it was uh, everybody's talking about it here in Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes who was at Texas Tech while we were. Playing against them, I think he had a pretty big game against us one time at, uh, at, at in Lawrence at, at the uh, the stadium there. So Patrick Mahomes, uh, you've seen the guy play. Um, interesting talent. Talk to us a little bit about what you see with Patrick Mahomes. Well, let's go back to when Andy took him. You know, you know, Andy and I are really good friends. Yes. So he calls me up and says, "Okay, who do you like in the draft?" Um, I said, "I like Deshaun Watson." And he goes, you do? I said, yeah, I love Deshaun Watson. And he goes, why? And I go, well, Charlie's at the national championship games two years in a row working at Alabama for Saban. And two years in a row, I watched Deshaun Watson tear up Alabama's defense. Now, one game Alabama wins, one game Clemson wins on the, you know with five seconds to go in a game, he throws another touchdown pass. But two years in a row, he throws for over 400 yards a game against one of the best defenses in the country. And really, I didn't need to know much more. 
Well, Andy was in the collecting information. He wasn't in the passing out information. <laughs> when he traded up, when he traded up to get Patrick Mahomes, that already answered to me what he thought of Patrick Mahomes. He didn't have to have played one down. When when he made that move right there, I knew exactly what he was thinking. He was thinking two words. The first one is Brett, and the second one is Favre. That's exactly what he was thinking. <laughs> you know, Andy, I haven't coached Brett Favre, uh, you know, in, in Green Bay. He sees this kid as that gunslinger that can throw the ball 80 yards from to his left. He can throw it 80 yards to the right. He can bail out of trouble when he has to. He can stand in the pocket, and he's got that presence around him like the Pied Piper. And that's Patrick Mahomes. And any Chiefs fan who didn't get it when they traded Alex Smith in the offseason, okay, hopefully you got it now. Because you don't trade away a guy, a pro like Alex Smith, who's been a really, really good player in Kansas City. You don't trade him away. Trade him, trade him away to clear the way for Patrick Mahomes, unless you're absolutely convinced that he's the guy. So, I mean, if anyone if anyone doubts uh, doubts Andy Reid, all you have to do is to watch the fact that he traded up to get him, and then he traded away Alex Smith, and and the dividend and the dividends he's getting now are through the roof. Coach, one of the things that I learned from you when recruiting quarterbacks or being around you while you were recruiting quarterbacks is you always looked to see how the people around him reacted when he came into the room or when he walked the halls. Was he a magnet? Did everybody like him? Did everybody be, want to be around him? Is he the kind of guy that, that you know, the, 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 the janitors or the, the, the lunch people or the or – the, Like uh, Cozart, yeah, for like, example. Yeah, he was a Pied Piper. You, you used that line before, the Pied Piper. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes has a little bit of this. Now – how was Tommy Brady when he was a young guy? Was did he have that same kind exactly. of? Exactly, he, he yeah. was. He that's who he was. Remember his first year in the league, he was our fourth string cornerback. Tim, yeah, we kept four on the fifty-three. Today, most teams keep two on the fifty-three. We kept four because we felt that if we cut him, somebody would have picked him up. And every he wouldn't get any reps at all in practice his, his first year till the very end of the year. He wouldn't get any reps. He wouldn't get the show team reps either. So when the practice was over, he used to keep the script and take all the guys like him, and they used to stay out after practice, and he would run through the entire script with all the guys all the guys like him that weren't practicing. And they'd go out there, and he'd run through every, every play that was down there. He'd go through with him being a coach. None of us stayed out there. We had stuff to do. And he would do it on a daily basis. And, you know, look what ended up happening. Comes in, you know, comes in, just as quiet as first year, works his butt off, goes from 188 pounds to 217 pounds in a year. And the next year, Bledsoe gets hurt. He goes in, and the rest is history. Coach, let me ask you a question about Tom Brady. Everybody's saying, hey, you know, he's he's using a lot of short passing game or whatever, and he and uh, Bill Belichick, of course, you know, are just the, you know, they are the the, the two guys in the National Football League that are they're really, you know, carrying things. You always worry about New England, where they are, what they're doing. How how different is Tom Brady today than he was, say, even five seasons ago with arm strength and what he's trying to accomplish on the football field? I think he's in better shape, to tell you the truth. Do you think he's as strong with his arm? His arm is possible. Oh, his arm's got plenty of strength. I've, he can he can make every throw. 
I think he's in better shape. I mean, on what this, whatever regimen he's on. I mean, Tim and I were on a beer drinking regimen, <laughs> you know, so we were on a little different regimen, you know. But I mean, whatever health kick and whatever exercises and stretching and all that stuff, it's phenomenal what he's been able to do with his body. Phenomenal. Hey, Coach, what do you do with a young player? Uh, Patrick Mahomes over the last couple of weeks is, you know, listen, maybe it's confidence. Maybe, you know, I talk a little bit about the rookie wall where you get a little bit tired mentally. He's forced some balls. He's done some different things that people are starting to question a little bit. It, it really, he's had some bad luck, too. I mean, some of the picks were just one of those where, you know, maybe the defense was exactly where they needed to be and made a play, whatever. What do you, how do you coach that kid and say, without taking the spirit or taking the confidence out of the guy? Uh, but you say, you know, you kind of say, hey, listen, you need to maybe tweak this a little bit as we go on throughout this season. First of all, I don't think it's possible to take the confidence out of that kid. <laughs> from, from watching him, I'd say, I'd say you'd have a tough time having that happen. But no matter who they are, uh, you, you have to use any time you win. It gives you a prime, uh, a prime time to constructively criticize people. I think it's the biggest coaching moment you can have after a win because players are already feeling good that they won and they're open to the things that they got to do to get better. Hey, he knows he needs, there's things he needs to do to get better. And what better guy to, to listen to than Andy, which, you know, after, after Bill, you know, you put Bill in that, you know, that, that runaway hall of fame class. But after Bill, tell me another coach in this league you'd, you'd rather have, than Andy. For a young quarterback, I, I can't think of one as good as Andy. I really can't. I mean, he does such a great job. You see it. I mean, he goes and sits on the bench with him and, you know, he's talking to him. He's not talking at him. He's listening. He, he's doing a great job of breaking this kid in. And another guy we got to get to real quick because he's my guy. And, you know, him and I have been fishing together and we've hung out together and we work together. Uh, Charlie Charlie Jr. He's over at Florida Atlantic, the youngest offensive coordinator in, in Division One football, 24 years old, now turned 25, had a birthday. I know the answer to this, but, uh, I mean, I, he's he's got a big shadow, and he's done a great job in his whole life being able to maneuver around that. I mean, everything he does. Talk to us a little bit about what Charlie Weiss Jr. is doing and talk to us a little bit about, you know, the, the unbelievable steps that he's taken as a young football coach. Well, all I did was kind of put him in position so that when he graduated, you know, I think the best thing for him was to be away from me once he did graduate. But he graduated from KU a little early and went right, right to work for, for Nick with Nick for a couple of years and was working under Lane. So uh, when, when uh, Lane left to go to Florida Atlantic, Charlie went with him for a few weeks, but then Sarkeesian, who was also working under Lane, at, 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 went to Atlanta, and Dan Quinn and Sarkeesian came and got him away from FAU. So he was at FAU for a year, and then Lane called him up and said, hey, I want you to be the offensive coordinator. And, you know, he said, you know, look, he's 24, the youngest Division One coordinator ever. I mean, he said, okay, I'm, I'm in. So they were 14th in the country on offense. They were up and down. They were a little bit, a little bit inconsistent this year, but uh, they were still, you know, still had a, you know, had a very, very powerful offense. And they, uh, I think that they'll even be better next year on offense. But as you speak right now, you know, you know what happens. You get knocked 
you get knocked out, you're not in a bowl game. You're out recruiting. He's on 95 heading down from Jacksonville back down to Boca. Uh, are you mo- get back there tomorrow for recruiting weekend? That's just the way it goes. It is. Hey, now, last question for you: Are you more nervous or less nervous? Are you more nervous coaching or, or more nervous watching your son coach? Um, I'm not nervous at all when I'm watching <laughs> the game, but I do pay attention. I do pay attention to every play of his games. Like when I go to the games, you know how a lot of people want to socialize and everything. Well, I'm watching the game. Don't bother me. So, <laughs> You can you can talk to me before the game. You can talk to me at halftime. You can talk to me after the game, but I'm I'm watching the game because I I never bring it up with him. But sometime during the week he's gonna, you know, sometime it's the next day after the game. But I'll say, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And I'm not gonna have missed whatever he's gonna ask me. You know, I want to make sure I've watched. But the big difference, the big difference is, you know. If they win a game, I'm happy. If they lose a game, I'm I'm unhappy. But, you know, I wake up the next day. It's not my problem. It's their problem. I don't have to deal with it. That's right. right. Just, just throw them in the pool. It's your problem. Yeah. That's when, right. when they're coaching, it's their problem. That's right. Throw them in the pool and let them swim. Hey, hey Coach, great That's talking right. to you. Thanks so much. And uh, we enjoy listening to you on the NFL Network. And uh, I caught you, gosh, a couple weeks ago. You do an unbelievable job. And, uh uh, tell Charlie Jr. we're so proud of him. He's uh, such a great kid. And let me just say one thing. Besides thanking for you guys having me on, Tim, uh, you're, you've been a wonderful person for me both on and off the field. You did a wonder, wonderful job for me when, he was a, when you were at Kansas. I was happy for you that, you that you decided to walk and go spend some extra time with the family because – in this coaching profession, your families get slighted a lot of times, and to have all those all those kids going through high school and not being around would have been a real travesty. And I'm glad you made that decision to be around your family and you know that lovely wife of yours and those four kids. And yeah. you know, I can't thank you enough for what you did for me. You know, you, you were one of the best for me. Hey, thank you so much, Coach. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, and good luck uh, with everything, all the endeavors, and keep those horses fed, buddy. <laughs> all right, go Chiefs. All right, all go right. Chiefs. All right, guys, we'll take a break. We're real late. That was Charlie Weiss. We'll be right back uh, here in a couple seconds. Kansas City's hometown sports station, Sports Radio 810 WHB.
All right, welcome back to Crunch Time, our last segment. What it's, it's been a great show. It's been fun. Oh, Frankie boy. Before we get back to the Chiefs. Oh, no. Okay. Are you going to bring up Notre Dame? Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. No, Is go there, ahead. Do you see any scenario? You know I'm nervous about this, I know right? you. I know you're nervous as a cat. Do you see any scenario no. possible no. that Notre Dame could be left out of the college football playoff without their 13th data point? Oh. That's sitting there. Let me, let me give you. Let me slapping you across the let, face. Uh, let, let me give you guys just a little bit of history. <laughs> Frank calls me this morning. No, actually, I called him because he always bitches and moans because I don't answer the phone when he calls. You never do. But, he, but it, you know, I'm, I'm driving in a snowstorm and you call me. Right? Well, you like, don't I, have to I, do. I, you I don't have to answer. answer. I text you. I'm driving right you're now. You're not allowed to text. And you're like you're driving. avoiding me. I know. Uh, but so he, we talked this morning. He goes. You know, uh, Notre Dame doesn't have that thirteenth uh, data point. Data point. So yeah, you know, you know, I'm like Frank. <laughs> I mean, I've been reading everything on this game. You guys know. Listen, my son's on the team. Yeah. Okay, it's not. It, it, you know, what, if I was like a fan, you, I just like to poke in the ivory once. I know, but, you know that. Listen, I just I want just listen. If I was a fan, it would be bad. But it's your kid. And you know, I you felt bad your, because I no, went to Notre didn't. Dame no, with no, you. No, you really didn't. I did. No, you I didn't. felt bad. It was a wonderful weekend. And then I went and chased Aaron Taylor, and Aaron's flight is messed yeah, up. He's, he's going to come on next week. You know what? And I don't want to waste it. We only have a couple minutes left. Right. So we'll have Aaron on, and I was going to have Aaron kind of shut Talk you down. About here. It. But here's the deal. So <laughs> Sunday at 11 o'clock. Sarah Believe I, we, me, we, Aaron's worried, too. <laughs> we, okay? We, we, already, uh, <laughs> we already said, we're, okay, we're going to Mass at 8. Okay? Because we... It's Advent. I gotta start going to Mass again. I've missed because I've been traveling so much. And I, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. It has been like four weeks since I've been to Mass. Wow. So I know it's terrible. Feel horrible Catholic, about you it. are. So we're Advent. We're gonna re, you know, reset. It's our bye week. That's we it. just had the bye week. Beautiful. All right. Okay. So, um, so yeah. So eleven o'clock sharp. We have to make flights. We have to whether it's to Miami, whether it's to Dallas, or yeah, whether right. it's to Phoenix. Ooh. That wouldn't be good to Phoenix. No. It would not no, be good. That would not be good. All right. Or whether you don't want to go or to, to Jacksonville, oh, the Gator no, Bowl. No, we don't want to do that. All right. Either. No, we don't want either any of those. No. But you have to make them. Or New Orleans, which isn't much better either. No, because you're not in. You're not where you want to be. Yeah. So the, the, here's the thing: if you are in a major uh, Division One college football team, and I learned this last year, I didn't even know this. They have everything taken care of already for every site. Oh yeah, sure. They have every flight. They have your so. Th- what happens is you have to fly them home. Okay, they when I don't know when their break's going to be. They haven't decided yet whether they're going to take the weekend off and then come in and practice and then leave from South Bend or whether they're going to practice all the way up till you know the weekend before c- kind of Christmas and then fly them out from their homes. They've done it both ways. Yeah. So that's so we don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, but they do. I mean, they have it planned out to a T. They have the flights from sure. your, at, f- I mean, it's no amazing. No matter where they have it to go. It is amazing. I mean, literally at at 11.05, they will send the, the the football players and not the parents, the football players, and then the football players will forward it, their flights mm-hmm. and all the stuff that they need to do. And, and all the flights from, you know, South Bend to wherever. Kansas City to Kansas City to wherever. So <laughs> that's already taken care of. But we have to do that. But But the thing is, so... It, it would be a lot easier for us to go to Dallas because we can drive. We can drive, yeah. yeah and fl- the flights to Fort Lauderdale and Miami right now are just a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And, I mean, I'm and going. folks, there's nobody cheaper than Tim. No. Okay, I mean, so it, just remember that. But it's like that. 900 bucks a piece. And I'm like, you know, and I, 
And I got my buddy John, John Holmes. Who's, yeah, he's uh, you know, he's listen. He's the, the head high school coach for a couple of these guys that are on the team. Yes. And I said, listen, if they go to a bowl game this year, I didn't realize it was going to be one of these BCS games or whatever they call them. <laughs> but I said, if you go to a bowl game, I'm going to take out. I think it was did you after, hear that? I think it was after about about six or seven <laughs> Coors Lights too, and I told him that. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so w- you know, it'd be a lot easier if you know put put little Johnny in the back seat, right? <laughs> Johnny's not <laughs> little either. Seat. He ain't little. Yeah, yeah, he's like the 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 third boy. Get That's in the right. back seat, Johnny. So Get in the back. So it'd be a lot easier to drive down. But so Alabama will have the if they win, they'll have the decision where they want to play. So if Oklahoma kind of squeezes in that number four spot, they're not going to want to play in Dallas. Oklahoma's really close. If obviously. Oklahoma sneaks in number four spot, you're out. No, we'll be we'll be third and uh, what well, if, no because Georgia. If, what if Georgia beats Alabama? No, we, no, we're saying Georgia loses. Oh, what if Georgia beats Alabama and then Oklahoma crushes Texas? Then Oklahoma beats then, them forty-five Ohio, to seven. Well, then Ohio State's out and Oklahoma's probably out too. So, stop it, Frank. Stop it. So you sure? Yeah, I'm not. I'm Don't not sure about data point. Anymore. You sure? I, forget your data you sure? points. You can stick your data points somewhere, all right? <laughs> You and your data points. So, um, you know, I'm cheering for. Colin. I know, I know. You but, know. but listen, here's the thing. I mean, everybody talks about these conference championships. Alabama was in the conference championship last year, and they, they, they were they, in, they, and they were in. Yeah, sure they were. So, whatever. Right. So, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I'm tired of fighting with people on Twitter. I'm tired of fighting with people on Facebook. I'm tired of fighting with you. Sunday, we'll figure it out. Okay, so, but. If Alabama, let's just say Alabama plays Oklahoma, they're going to play in Florida, which would make it, us go down to Dallas against Clemson. That'd be fine. If, you don't want to be Georgia, number four if Alabama wins. No, you don't want to be. You don't want to play Alabama right out of the. the, the but gate. that that would be interesting. I think it'd probably be in Miami because Alabama would probably pick the farthest place away. But it doesn't really matter. But what it comes down to is the number one team gets the choice of where they play. So if Alabama is a person, the choice they they want to stay away from Dallas if it's if it's Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Um, you know if Clemson if Clemson all of a sudden moves there are up people to who one, travel though no matter where they're going. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. But 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 they but they just like they want it hard. They don't want it easy for people to drive from Oklahoma down to Texas. I mean because it's almost like a home game for them. Yeah, sure. So that's so we'll, we'll figure. You don't all want that Oklahoma out. in there. You don't want Oklahoma. You just want it the I, way it is. No, if, you want Alabama, I, yeah, Clemson, uh, uh, Notre Dame, and uh, uh, the, no, Georgia's going to lose. I'm sorry, no, no, you Georgia want Alabama. Loses, somebody's going to squeeze in there. Right, it's going to be Alabama, right? Clemson, right? Notre, Notre Dame, Dame and, and most likely Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah, yes, yeah. Sure. So it'll yeah, be fine. Exactly. Okay. That'll be fine. All right. Ohio State, uh, I, I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? They want to see the two Heisman Trophy quarterbacks play against each other. What a great matchup that would be. You know the Murray kid and and the uh, and the the kid from Hawaii, uh, from Tua. Alabama, Tua. Uh-huh. I mean, you, how about that matchup for the Heisman Trophy? That'd be great. That'd be basically a Heisman Trophy game. Be awesome. So that's what they want. Okay, just don't end up in that four slot. It's just, just don't. I, I, I You're just, in. I just said, right. don't end up in a four slot. Okay, you got to play him anyways. You got to play him anyways. Not necessarily. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, Give it right. one more time for them to get their butt kicked, and it'll be good. Okay, let's talk a little bit for a couple minutes here about this Chiefs game. Okay, so, let's talk uh, about yeah. this for one minute. Okay. Mitch Morse is back, which is great from a lot of standpoints. Number one, he's out of concussion protocol. I worry about the kid because he's been in concussion protocol more than once. He's back. What's it mean to solidify that offensive line in front of it's Patrick huge. Mahomes? It's huge. Now, the guys have filled in have done a nice job. Yeah. They really have. And it, I think it was what, Reader, 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 Reader. Reader. Mm-hmm. He's done a nice job, uh, and uh, I think it's time for you know Mitch to pop in there. 
But I'm just telling you, one more concussion. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I would, think yeah, yeah, I think there right. might be it for Mitch, and yeah. I love Mitch. He's such a great guy. He's a good guy. Uh, but this, listen, this is gonna be a big game for the Raiders now. This, uh, they, they stink. Okay, let's just. <laughs> you can roll your helmet out. I'm gonna use the Billy Moss thing on this one. You can, <laughs> remember I can't what get, happened last time? I, I had can't him. get in trouble from uh, Andy Atlanta Reed or Falcons Marty came and almost knocked off the, the Chiefs. Day in Atlanta was almost, awful. almost, almost, almost was almost, a key. Yeah. Uh, I just, I see the Chiefs winning this game pretty handily. But this is it for the Raiders. This is their game. I mean, they're going to give everything they got. R- Gruden's been talking about, hey, listen, this is our game to show people that we're on our way back, blah, 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 all those kind of things. So it's going to be an interesting game. The Chiefs have got to step on their throats in the first quarter, get it over with, knock them out, and, right. this, and then they'll just put in time because they know their season's over. Yeah, but if, you, but if you, if, if they give them a chance to believe, they're going to play hard. Yeah, sure they will. And, and plus, everybody says, okay, well, the – the uh, Raiders are tanking. Well, the deal is the players aren't because the players can't tank because they're playing for contracts. I mean, it's crazy to go, well, I'm just not going to play very hard. That that doesn't make any sense for the players. Although the Raiders are tanking because John Gruden's getting rid of all the good players, sending them somewhere else. All right, and real so quick, before we take this break here, we got to get off. Pat, wow. Pat, my nephew, you'll go where you're going to go. That's it. He said, I don't want to go to Dallas. You just take where you're going to go, Pat. All right? He's, he's blowing me up on my on my thing here. Just, Pat, you're going to go where you're going to go. Notre Dame fans, man. I know. Just you, you just be happy you're going. <laughs> All right? All right, guys. Uh, great show. It was a blast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it got you through some of this holiday traffic and everything. Frank, we got to do this again next week, right? Yeah, we got it, brother. All right, let's do it. We're here. You've been listening to Rich Follow the Chiefs right here on your home for the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Sports Radio 810 WHB.